Welcome to The Parent Pod, a happy place to find out all about pregnancy and the start of parenthood from the information-packed babycentre.co.uk. Hello, I'm Lucy. And I'm Claire. And we're here with a podcast for every week of your pregnancy, full of really useful takeaway information, candid admissions from our own experiences, having both had two children, and top advice from experts. We won't leave you holding the baby either. This podcast series takes you right up to when your new baby is 12 weeks old. So Claire, it's the week of the Braxton Hicks. Yes, get ready because this baby is coming soon and your body might be starting to put in some practice contractions. Yeah, these special Braxton Hicks are named after John Braxton Hicks, the English physician who first described them. In 1872, he investigated the latest stages of pregnancy and noted that many women felt contractions without being near birth. I pity the poor women before 1872 who must have thought they were about to give birth any minute every time. (laughs) I reckon women knew about false contractions for ages, but this bloke just wanted to get his name in history. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, so baby, baby. What's happening for baby? You're now full term and just a few weeks away from your due date. Your baby weighs nearly three kilograms and is about 48 centimetres long from head to heel. This is a similar length to the stalk of a Swiss chard. Like I've said before, there is a guide to these obscure veg that we use to describe the baby. So just head over to Baby Centre website if you want to check out what that is. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, actually. (laughs) No, exactly. Your baby continues to work his facial muscles by practising pouts, frowns and grimaces. I'm doing all of them as I say it. His toenails should now reach the end of his toes or even further. Oh yeah, little toenails. Get those baby toenail clippers at the ready. They might need a trim quite soon after birth actually. Although I found that clipping my newborn's toenails was possibly one of the most terrifying things I've ever had to do as a parent. I know, it's quite scary. You can just peel them off though, can't you? You can. Just do it like kind of Yeah, you can. Or you can even, um, I know some parents that nibble them off with their own teeth. Do yeah, no, I did actually do that a few times because it's, it's slightly less scary. It is. Yeah, I just remember feeling really, really scared of the actual clippers. Also, what's happening at the moment, your baby's digestive system is still developing and will continue to mature for several years after he's born. His small intestine will grow by more than 100 centimetres in his first year. Wow. Wow, that is long. Have you worked out your baby's movement patterns? Although he's getting very short of space, your baby will still have a regular pattern of movements, which will continue until he's born. If you notice a change in his pattern of movements, speak to your midwife or maternity unit straight away so that they can check that he's safe and well. What's happening for you? So this week, like we said, you may be feeling more Braxton Hicks contractions as your body gets ready to give birth. But if your contractions come at regular intervals, they don't go away when you change position and they get gradually stronger and more frequent with time, then it could actually be the real thing. Yeah, the real thing. Oh, it's getting close now. It is. Another sign that your body's getting ready for the big day is the feeling that your baby is moving down in your pelvis. Engagement, I think that's called. And you may lose your mucus plug. Lucy, remind us of your delightful term. <laughs> (laughs) for this (laughs) giant's bogey but that was probably just mine but it just was a really clear plug (laughs) oh lovely Uh, the mucus plug is also known as a show and you can see what real life mucus plugs look like with our photo gallery i I bet you'll all be uh, rushing over to baby center website to check those out yeah if like me you're too squeamish to take a peek you could check out all the signs of labor to look out for instead we'll put those in the show notes too much to ask The question this week is, will my boobs be too small to breastfeed? 
You would laugh if you could see us, wouldn't they? Because <laughs> probably aren't the duo to be asking advice about small boobs. I'll take that as a compliment, Claire. But but we are well gemmed up on all baby centre issues with our army of baby centre researchers chewing through every pregnancy fact that there is. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we put this to the human computer that is baby centre HQ. And the answer is, generally speaking, no. Yeah. Apparently, it's the fatty deposits in your breasts that make them the size they are. And like the old saying goes, <laughs> fatty deposits maketh no milk. <laughs> yeah, you need tissue that produces and stores milk to feed your baby. Milk producing tissues start to build in your breasts from as early as six weeks of pregnancy, apparently. Oh, okay. Your breasts get bigger and heavier during pregnancy as they gear up for the birth of your baby. This varies from woman to woman, so you shouldn't start worrying if your breasts don't change a huge amount. Yeah, and once your baby's born your breasts make milk on a supply and demand basis you'll always have enough for your baby as long as you let him feed when he wants for as long as he wants the key to successful breastfeeding is helping your baby to latch on and get a good mouthful of your breast yes i would recommend reading as much as you can about latching on at this stage and watching videos of babies latching on successfully yeah good they idea. should be your youtube choice at the moment yeah yeah i did this before i had kids and i don't know if it was luck but I did know how I wanted them to latch on. And so I had like this special way of moving their heads like slowly over my boob so that their nose almost hit my nipple and then whacking their open mouth onto my boob. <laughs> Worked every time. <laughs> Love this description, Claire. Did you ever try laid back breastfeeding? Uh, no. Oh, okay. That's where your baby lies on your body. It's one that can work well whatever size your breasts are. Because apparently lying back and letting your baby attach by himself helps him to get a good mouthful of breast. So in this position, your baby feels safe and secure, I suppose. He can relax knowing that your whole body is supporting him rather than just by your arms or a cushion. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, if you're using the traditional cradle hold and have really large breasts, you could place a rolled up muslin square under each breast to lift them up. I wish I'd tried that. I might just try it for fun, actually. But um, (laughs) yeah, another option is if you have large breasts is to lie on your side to feed your baby. Oh, that's a good tip. If you're trying the rugby hold, you know, the one where you support your baby underarm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make sure he's lying really well around your body. Otherwise, your baby's going to have to put his chin on his chest when he feeds and that could make it painful for you. Okay, good tip. Yeah, the rugby hold can be a good one with twins, can't it? Yeah, I know someone who had both babies feeding at the same time, which is quite an accomplishment, actually. Yeah, that is advanced level stuff. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) If your breasts are smaller and you're feeding your baby in a cradle hold, you may like to use a breastfeeding cushion to lift your baby higher yeah try different breastfeeding positions to find out what's most comfortable for you and your baby i used to carry my crusty i mean my trusty (laughs) gingham breastfeeding cushion with me everywhere what do you expect this week this week we're looking at what happens after birth particularly around bleeding yeah it's good to be aware of this now so it's not a surprise every new mum bleeds after having her baby it's called lochia whether your birth was vaginal or by cesarean section did you just drop in some flash word then lucy Yeah, lochia. Yes, what's that? It's the bleeding after birth. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, most of the bleeding is from where the placenta comes away from the wall of your womb. But it can also come from any cuts and tears caused from when your baby is being born. Straight after birth, the bleeding can be heavy and you will need some mattresses. I mean, massive pads (laughs) to soak it up. You shouldn't use a tampon until you've had your six-week postnatal checkup. This is because your vagina and womb are still healing. So using a tampon or a menstrual cup could increase the risk of infection. So it's the mega pad. Oh, those mega pads. But the bleeding gradually gets lighter and lighter over the following days and weeks. I mean, I remember having some quite big clots at this stage. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. And the bleeding starts off as a bright red. And then over the next few days, it changes colour and becomes browner as your womb heals and returns to its pre-pregnancy size. 
The bleeding should have stopped altogether by the time your baby's about six weeks old. Yeah, the flow will gradually become lighter, but if you try to do too much too soon, it may start flowing again. If your bleeding gets heavier or it changes colour, it's a sign that you need to slow down. So listen to your body. Yeah, good idea. If you're breastfeeding, it can make bleeding redder and heavier. You can also get cramps like period pains called after pains. I remember that when I was breastfeeding. It was actually really quite full on, particularly after my second child. After pains can be more intense if you've had twins or more. And you can ease the pain with ibuprofen, but it's probably best to check with your pharmacist if you're breastfeeding. So you don't need to do much about the bleeding apart from stocking up on maternity pads. And to start with, I'd get two or three packs of 12. You may need to change your pad every hour or two to start with, then every three or four hours in the coming days and weeks. Also, it's stating the obvious, but always wash your hands before and after changing your pad to reduce the chance of infection. Yeah, and you may also have stitches or a tear wound between your vagina and back passage, I'm sorry to say. So you'll need to keep this part of your body clean to prevent infection. Take a bath or a shower at least once a day and change your maternity pad regularly. Yeah, changing the pad regularly is the key because obviously you have blood next to a wound. Some mums might like to add a bit of salt to their bath water, but your wound will heal just as well with clean water alone, won't it? Yeah. And lastly, we just wanted to cover when you should call your midwife or doctor. Yes, a good a good one to cover now. There are two important times to get medical advice after you've just had a baby. So if you start to bleed very heavily or if you think you may have an infection. Yeah, sometimes bleeding that's much heavier than normal lochia happens. This is called a postpartum hemorrhage, PPH. Primary postpartum hemorrhage can happen within 24 hours of giving birth and secondary PPH is between 24 hours and 12 weeks after the birth. Yeah, essentially primary PPH can develop if your placenta doesn't come away from your womb properly, if you have an injury during birth or if your womb doesn't contract down properly after you've delivered the placenta. Secondary PPH is usually caused by an infection. So if you have a postpartum hemorrhage, you can lose about 500 ml or more blood very quickly and you do need urgent treatment. If you bleed heavily in the 24 hours after your baby's born, you're likely to be in hospital, in which case you'll be treated quickly by the staff there. If you're at home and you start to bleed heavily, then call 111 or 999 for an ambulance. Okay, we know the score by now. This stuff is unlikely to happen. It sounds incredibly scary, but it's good to know the signs. Yes, here's what to look out for. The bleeding suddenly becomes very heavy and soaks more than one pound an hour. Yeah, the bleeding becomes persistently fresher, like bright red, and heavier four days or more after giving birth, even after you rest. You pass lots of large blood clots that are bigger than uh, 50 pence piece. Yeah, you may start to feel faint or dizzy. Your heart starts to race or your heartbeat becomes irregular. It does sound scary, doesn't it, Lucy? But as you say, better to know. And what should be more reassuring is that once you're getting the right treatment for postpartum hemorrhage, you should recover completely. But it may take time, good care and rest for you to recover fully. Yeah, you should call your midwife or doctor if you develop the symptoms of an infection too. The main symptoms are... Pain in the lower part of your abdomen, your tummy and your groin. Your lochia has an unpleasant smell. You have a fever and generally feel unwell or develop a headache. So there we go. Lots of scary things that more than likely will never happen. But we offer the brownies version of having a baby. Be prepared. The brownies motto. (laughs) Or it was when I was skipping over toadstools and getting my housekeeping badge. Okay, that's it for this week. These podcasts don't replace medical advice. And you should all speak to your doctor or midwife if you have any concerns. Yes, we hope you stay well, stay healthy. And we'll see you next week when we'll be talking about being 38 weeks pregnant. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, chat to others at your stage of pregnancy or get emails tailored to you and your baby. 
Download the Baby Centre app now or visit babycentre.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Baby Centre UK. All the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes. If you loved our podcast and found it useful, please rate and review The Parent Pod wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to share it with your partner and friends.